Radio UNE, the time is 7 o'clock, which means it's time for Way Back When, episode 14, looking at the best music from 1983. I hope that you have had a fantastic week, and I hope that you enjoy the next hour and a half or so of wonderful music that I have selected from the amazing year of 1983. Let's kick things off with arguably one of the biggest hits of 1983 and a personal favourite of mine. This has been a favourite song of mine for many, many years, and I'm so pleased to finally be able to play it on air. Please enjoy the first song from 1983 that we're going to play. This is Way Back When, episode 14. And you're listening to Tuna Fam on 106.9. There's a loving in your eyes all the way. If I listen to your lies, would you say? Red, gold, and green Red, gold 
that was the amazing song Karma Chameleon by Culture Club. As I said, a favorite song of mine for over 10 years, and I was able to live out my fantasy of hearing it performed live when Boy George and Culture Club toured Australia in 2017, which was absolutely stupendous. Culture Club was a fantastically successful song. It became the second Culture Club single to reach the top of the UK singles chart, where it stayed for six weeks. It was the biggest song by far off of Colour by Numbers, the, the, the album the second album by Culture Club, which had Karma Chameleon on it. Considering that the album also had Church of the Poisoned Mind, It's a Miracle, Victims, and Miss Me Blind, it was an incredible album, and indeed I struggled to omit any more of Culture Club's songs. They really are one of my favourite 80s bands of all time. Massive guilty pleasure, no doubt. So that was pretty much their signature song. They will appear later on on this show, uh, as in a few weeks down the line. But I hope you enjoyed Karma Chameleon nonetheless. Certainly a favourite of mine, if you can't tell. Moving on now to a music and a, mus- a piece of music that was actually from a film soundtrack. You'll hear these quite a lot coming up in the next few weeks. The 80s were quite rough with... Uh, songs that spawned from movie soundtracks and the first one is going to be Maniac by Michael Cimbello. This is from the movie Flashdance which has got a rather interesting reputation. People either tend to love it or hate it depending on how they see the movie but that notwithstanding the song Maniac by Michael Cimbello was used in the film during an early scene and it actually charted exceptionally well. It reached number two here in Australia, number one on the US Billboard Hot 100 as well as in Canada and it is certified silver in the United Kingdom in terms of certification so it's a very popular song and a very catchy song as well it is definitely very poppy with a bit of synth and dance thrown in as well i think you're going to enjoy it here is maniac by michael Cimbello on way back when episode 14 you're listening to tune fm here on 106.9 
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Maniac by Michael Sembello. Well, it's finally time to talk about what is arguably the biggest, most successful, and most important album that has ever been released in music history, and that is Thriller. Thriller was technically released in 1982, but most of the singles were not released until the following year, 1983, which we look at now. And besides, as I've said before, it mainly goes off the charts in terms of the dates, so sometimes there can be a little bit of overlap. Excuse me. So I apologise. But anyway, Thriller is the sixth album by Michael Jackson, released in 1982, and it is one of the best albums of all time. It's That's irrefutable. 32 million copies were sold worldwide by the end of 1983 alone. It was the best-selling album of the time until the Eagles would release their Greatest Hits album. It was. It remains the best-selling album of all time if you discount the Eagles' uh, Greatest Hits in the United States. It sold over 66 million copies worldwide and has been certified 33 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, which is incredible. It won a record-breaking eight Grammy Awards at the 84 Grammys, including Album of the Year, while Beat It won Record of the Year. Yes, you will hear Beat It later on. Spoiler alert, but that's hardly a shock. One thing, you will only hear two songs from this album tonight, and Thriller is not one of them. That charted in 1984, so you will hear Thriller in uh, next week. Again, spoiler alert, but it's kind of inevitable to hear Thriller on, well, a show like this. So, it released seven singles, as I've said, and it became, I guess, the breakthrough in Michael Jackson's career, or at least it became his most successful hit. He was able to meet President Ronald Reagan and First Lady Nancy Reagan because of this album, and a lot of people actually began to realize that he was struggling to get MTV airtime because of his race, and thankfully this album was able to change that, which I think is incredible. That being said, I could go on and on about Thriller because there is so many fascinating stories and so many little fascinating bits of trivia and information about this album, but I'd be here all night and I can't dedicate the entire show to this album, although I did briefly consider it. But that being said, with the first song I'm going to play from this album tonight is Billie Jean. Billie Jean, of course, released as the second single from the album and it reached number one on the US Billboard Hot 100 and it was his fastest rising number one single since ABC which obviously he recorded as a member of the Jackson 5. Excuse me. Billie Jean was awarded honours, including two Grammy Awards, and it was being ranked at the sixth greatest pop song since 1963. And Jackson's famous performance of Billie Jean on the TV special Motown 25 introduced a number of his signatures, including the moonwalk dance and his white sparkled glove. Very, very popular song, very, very catchy. A lot of people have used it in many, many different ways. It's been used and remixed and remade and covered numerous, numerous times, but there is nothing better than the original. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson is coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. This is Way Back When, episode 14.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, one of the best songs of all time and one of the best singles from his fantastic album Thriller. One of my fa- favourite little pieces of trivia about this album, uh, about this song, rather, Billie Jean, is that when Michael Jackson was thinking about it and listening to the song in his head while he was in the car, he was so absorbed by what he was hearing and what he was creating that he didn't notice his car had actually caught fire until a passing motorist informed him, which I think is incredibly amusing and very typical of Michael Jackson's brain. And I mean that in the best possible way. Now I turn to, and this is very, very a uh, bit of a morbid int- uh, lead-in, but Quite possibly the creepiest and most stalker-esque song I will ever play on this show, but that's because it's so damn catchy, and that is the hit song by The Police, Every Breath You Take. We've played The Police on this show before, most notably with a song that I still have trouble pronouncing, da do 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 da 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 that's the one. But Every Breath You Take was undoubtedly their biggest hit. It topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart for eight weeks, and it was the only number one hit on the chart for the band, and the UK singles chart for four weeks. It was written by Sting, and it's actually become one of the more misunderstood songs of all time. And that is from the man himself, from Sting himself. Um, Sting has said that he is disconcerted by how many people think the song is more positive than it is. The song, if you listen to the lyrics, is about the obsession with a long-lost lover and the jealousy and surveillance that follow. It's not meant to be a positive song. It's not meant to be a love song at all. So... That's just an interesting bit of trivia for you there. This was from the Police's album Synchronicity in 1983, which would sadly be their last album. They would form a, they would uh, be known as the biggest band in the world at the time, and they would begin a Synchronicity tour that played all around the world. And sadly, afterwards, uh, Sting felt that performing during the tour was his Everest, and he decided to pursue a solo career, and that was pretty much the end of the Police, which is a bit of a shame, but. Every Breath You Take, still one of their best songs of all time and still a very, very good song to listen to. But again, just a heads up, it does have a bit of a dark, uh, a darker lyrical message than you might first think. So just keep that in mind when you listen to it. That's a little disclaimer for you there. A Sting actually wrote it when he was in the Caribbean because he had, re- he had pretty much run there to escape from the public eye, which again may, sound, may say something about what the song eventually became. It was a chart topper in several, several more countries, managing to top, uh, managing to come in at number two in its highest place on the Australian charts. I'm going to play it for you right now. We have Every Breath You Take by The Police coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM, the home of UNE's student-powered radio.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, way back when, episode 14, and you just heard Every Breath You Take by The Police, which is arguably the song with the creepiest lyrical content that I've ever played on this show, and that is indeed saying something. A little bit of an interesting piece of trivia about UNE in 1983 coming up now. In fact, a student of UNE, Stuart Andrews, snatched victory by a slim margin in the state decathlon championships down in Sydney. The local from Weewa was only 20 years old at the time and his points total of 6,899 was only 41 points ahead of competitor Jeff Jones from Sydney. So to you, Stuart Andrews, if you're still out, still out and about in the world and if you ever happen to listen to this, congratulations and thank you for representing UNE so well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I think it's time to return to Michael Jackson. I wanted to give him a bit more of a break than I have, but I really do think it's time to play Beat It. It is an absolutely incredible song. A lot of people consider it to be the best song from the Thriller album, in fact. It's certainly considered one of the staples and cornerstones of the Thriller album. And the song and the video had a large impact on pop culture. It's considered to be a pioneer in black music, especially black rock music. Interestingly enough, producer Quincy Jones encouraged Jackson to include a rock song on the Thriller album, although Jackson had never previously shown any interest in rock, so he essentially incorporated a bit of dance to it to make a hard rock, dance rock sort of track. That's more or less what you're going to hear. It's a very, very successful chart, uh, song in terms of charting, excuse me. It ro- rocked to the top of a lot of charts, including, of course, the Billboard Hot 100s. It, is, it helped propel Thriller into becoming the best-selling album of all time, as I mentioned before, and it received a Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Best Male Rock Vocal Performance, and it was inducted into the Music Video Producers Hall of Fame for the music video. It's ranked number 344 on the Rolling Stones list of the greatest 500 songs of all time. Uh, the greatest, yeah, the greatest 500 songs of all time. And you're going to hear an incredible solo from Eddie Van Halen in there as well, who was involved in the recording process, which it's just a wonderful song. It's incredible. I personally think it is the best song on the album. I think it does just edge Thriller. You're going to hear Thriller next week, but for now, please enjoy Beat It by Michael Jackson on Way Back When, episode 14. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is Way Back When, episode 14, looking at the best music from 1983. And you just heard Beat It by Michael Jackson, arguably his biggest single of all time, certainly one of his best. And while I personally do not uh, pretend to be a big fan of Michael Jackson's music, I cannot deny the impact that he had on music as an art form and on the genres of hip-hop and rock music when he did dive into it. So even though his music isn't entirely my cup of tea, I can certainly respect him as an artist and what and for and him for what he put into the world so there you go that was beat it by michael jackson a very very good song i hope that you enjoyed and do not fret michael jackson will be reappearing on this show in the coming weeks so make sure to stick around and tune in in the next few weeks to find out what i'm talking about for now though let's go from the usa to across the pond we're going to visit the uk once more and a song recorded by singer songwriter david bowie i make no secret about the fact that i'm a huge david bowie fan and I'm going to play Let's, Let's Dance. It was the title track of his 1983 album, Let's Dance, of course. And it was, his one, of, it was one of his fastest selling. It entered the UK singles chart at number five at the first week of its release. And it topped the US Billboard Hot 100 chart, becoming Bowie's first and only single to top the charts in both the US and the UK. And here in Oceania, it narrowly missed topping the Australian charts, peaking at number two. Although it did top the chart it charts in New Zealand. So there you go, New Zealand. You have one over on Australia. It is one of the 300. It is one of the best-selling UK singles of all time. It is in the top 300 best-selling UK singles of all time. And it was actually another little interesting piece of trivia is that its music video was actually filmed here in Australia. The music video was filmed in March of 1983 uh, on location here in Aussie, in Australia, excuse me, including in a bar in Corinda in New South Wales. For those of you who don't know where Corinda is, it's in the far north of New South Wales. And it was also filmed in the Warrumbungle National Park near Coonabarabran. So there you go. Uh, that's a really, really interesting little piece of trivia. David Bowie filmed one of his music videos here in the land down under. That makes me incredibly happy. It's uh, been described as a decent chunk of funk rock. It's been described as one of Bowie's best. It's a catchy, upbeat, dance pop track. I really think you're going to enjoy it. It's one of his best songs. This is Let's Dance by David Bowie. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is way back when, 19, uh, 1983. I leave you with Let's Dance.
That was the incredible song Let's Dance by the amazing David Bowie. May he roam the cosmos forevermore. This is Way Back When, episode 14. We turn back to New Wave now. Again, I have made no secret of the fact that the 80s were full of New Wave acts, and this time it's going to be some Duran Duran. They were formed in Birmingham in 1978 and became one of the most successful acts of the entire 1980s decade. They would slowly sort of fade out thanks to, I guess, lack of interest from band members and increasing tensions within the group. However, they had a resurgence in the early 90s, and they are in fact still active to this day. They do indeed intend to release a 15th studio album at some point this year, although that may be disrupted thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, but still still active today, which I think is incredible. They have sold over 100 million records worldwide, which is absolutely remarkable, and they achieved 14 singles in the top 10 of the UK singles chart and 21 in the US Billboard Hot 100, which again, fantastic. It's formed by, uh, they were formed by keyboardist Nick Rhodes and bassist John Taylor, and they've rotated through a few members throughout their history, but certainly not more than most bands that we would have uh, spotlighted on this show before. And the song that I'm going to play was released in 1982, but again, charted in 1983, Hungry Like the Wolf. And I, confession here, did not know this was one of Duran Duran's hits. I actually thought up until about a year ago, this was a one-hit wonder by a f- from some completely different group. I was absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, misguided in that respect, as you could say. The music video was filmed in Sri Lanka, which is actually quite fascinating. Uh, not many music videos get filmed there, especially back in the 80s. And it turned out to be quite popular, in fact, which is wonderful. It was written and recorded on a Saturday in the spring of 1982 in the basement of EMI's London headquarters, which is just fascinating to me. And John Taylor has stated that he actually doesn't really know what the lyrics mean. He speculated, shooting out a pure guess, that the song is probably about 
quote, meeting girls and or wanting to have sex with someone. So make of that whatever you will. Uh, whether that's true or not, it's still a very, very interesting song. Very, very catchy as well. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So please enjoy Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM, the home of UNE student-powered radio. This is Way Back When, episode 14. <laughs> You just heard Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran here on Way Back When, episode 14, looking at the best music from 1983. 
And well, coming up next is a song that for the first time I'm actually including under duress. I did not want to include this song on tonight's show, mainly because it was overplayed for me and I am now sick to death of hearing it. Thanks in no small part to the UNE Gaming Society who would play this song at the end of every single show they did. And considering that I was in charge of podcasting their show most times, that led me to hearing this song over and over and over again. And eventually it just wore me down. But still, I must agree, it is one of the best songs from 1983. And so reluctantly, I include it and present it to you here is Africa by Toto, purely for the benefit of the UNE Gaming Society. If any of you guys are out there listening, thank you for killing me with this song. I really don't appreciate it, but I will admit through gritted teeth, it is a very good and catchy song. So please enjoy it. The US Billboard, uh, the, the only Billboard number one hit for Toto. So here it is, Africa by Toto, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 14. This is Tune FM 106.9.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Africa by Toto, a song that has sadly been ruined for me by the constant overplaying thanks to the UNE Gaming Society show. That being said, I do have to admit it is a very good song, and I'm only half joking. Uh, I am half joking, rather. I sort of gave the game away there a little bit. I do have to admit I do kind of like hearing the song, even though certainly been overplayed for me. That being said, moving now to a breakout album. Of course, we've already had a breakout album on this show tonight, thanks to Michael Jackson's Thriller. But 1999 was also another breakout album for Prince. It has been ranked as one of the greatest albums of all time by several publications and organizations. And it it is considered to be his most influential album and his most, I guess, musically diverse album. It's a very, very fascinating album to listen to. If you can listen to it in its entirety, I would recommend it. It received widespread acclaim from critics and was certified as quadruple platinum in America, and it re-entered the Billboard 200 un- uh, after Prince's unfortunate death. May he rest in peace. It had several singles from it, and I actually wanted to play Little Red Corvette. I think that is a very, very, very good Prince song. However, I am unable to because it is simply too explicit to play on air, which is a bit of a shame, but instead I'm going to play the lead single from the album, 1999. So the song 1999 from the album 1999, it was the first single and peaked at number 44 on the Billboard Hot 100, but has become one of his most recognizable songs since then. It's one of a one of many, many tremendous hits from the man's amazing career. And it peaked at number two here in Australia. So I really, really hope that you enjoy it. 1999 by Prince coming up next on Way Back Way in episode 14. This is Tune FM 106.9.
You just heard 1999 by the absolutely immortal Prince. This is way back when, episode 14 on Tune FM 106.9. I hope that you've been enjoying the show so far, and I have thoroughly enjoyed presenting it to you so far. I will admit a lot of these songs that I've been playing, I have really, really enjoyed recapping and re-listening to once again, just for the purpose of looking back at 1983. 1983 was a very strong year in music, and again, I was put into the very, very lucky position of having difficulty choosing which songs to include, because there were just too many fantastic songs to choose from. With that being said, let's turn to The Naked Eyes, another English new wave band that rose to prominence in the early 1980s. Again, where else, or when else rather. Their first hit is the song that we're going to play next, Always Something There to Remind Me, which is actually a cover. A cover of the Burt Bacharach and Hal David song that was recorded and released in 1963, which I didn't know. I thought that Naked Eyes had originally written this song themselves. But in fact, it was then covered by Sandy Shaw, who released it in 1964, It charted exceptionally well as well, before Naked Eyes would release their version that was more synth-pop and new wave-oriented rather than being pure pop and soul. Naked Eyes, actually, interesting fact, never once toured because the technical difficulties of recreating the studio sound of their songs and music in concert proved too great. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like the original band will ever be reuniting anytime soon, and that is unfortunately because one of the two founders of the band is dead. Rob Fisher unfortunately passed away from bowel cancer in 1999, That is legitimately an accident. I did not play 1999 before this because I thought of that. That is pure coincidence. I'm sorry. That being said, Naked Eyes uh, would go on to have hits with their own compositions that you may hear later on during the show's, uh, I guess, run in the next few years, depending on what comes up in the next few, I guess, chart years. So that being said, please enjoy Always Something There to Remind Me, a song that I find really, really catchy. I think it's one of the best songs from 1983 from a personal standpoint. So here it is. You're listening to Chin FM on 106.9, and this is Way Back When, episode 14. Just how we used to be Well, how can I 
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and you just heard always something there to remind me by the Naked Eyes. That was their first big hit, and this is way back when, episode 14. I thoroughly hope that you've been enjoying it so far. We are going to go overtime again on this show. I do apologize that we will be going over this week, but there was way too much uh, fantastic music to slim it down to just an hour. So I apologize. Please bear with me for a bit longer. I promise you we've got some great music coming up, including quite a few Australian songs. No spoilers there. We go to England once more and we look at The Clash. The Clash are, quite interestingly enough, considered the definitive British punk rockers, despite the Sex Pistols sort of bringing the punk rock genre to the forefront in Britain. The Clash were active, again, for a fairly short time, only for 10 years, from 76 to 86. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, thankfully, and they were ranked on the list of 100 Greatest Artists of All Time by Rolling Stones. They were actually quite left-wing in terms of their political messages. Their political messages would bleed into their songs, and Joe Strummer, in particular, was a committed socialist. So, again, make of that whatever you will. That being said, I have left it too late to play London Calling because I mistakenly thought that that was released later than it was, which is a shame because I would have loved to have played that song on the 1979 episode of Way Back When. That being said, I'm not making the same mistake with this one. You're going to hear Rock the Casper by The Clash. It is a very, very popular song. I suspect you may have heard it. Even if you don't quite recognize the name, I think you will recognize the tune when it begins. Even though the band were not originally... uh, quite happy with the way the song sounded, especially Joe Strummer again. It eventually uh, came together the way they wanted it to, and they would release it off of their album Combat Rock. It includes includes various Arabic, Hebrew, Turkish, and Sanskrit words, which I think is fascinating. And the Rock the Caspar actual phrase originated during a jam session with Strummer's violinist friend, and Strummer started shouting Rock the Caspar, no one really knows what that means. So, again, make of that whatever you will, but please enjoy Rock the Casper by The Clash. Up next on Way Back When, episode 14, you've been listening to Tune FM 106.9. <laughs>
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and you just heard Rock the Casper by amazing punk rock band The Clash here on Way Back When, episode 14. And I'm now going to turn back to talk a little bit about UNE, and more particular, an unfortunate accident that happened to one of our professors here at UNE in 1983. Professor Ted Wolfers, who focused on political and foreign studies at UNE, was actually involved in an air crash on board an Australian Defence Force nomad in Papua New Guinea. Alongside Papua New Guinea's Foreign Minister Rabbi Namaliu, he was injured after the aircraft uh, aircraft crashed on takeoff in a far western province of Papua New Guinea. Professor Wolfers was actually one of the luckier passengers escaping with mere graces, while the minister, Namaliu, suffered a broken arm and severe bruising, and the pilot in question suffered extensive cuts and bruises along with a broken pelvis. Not everyone can say they've been involved in an aircraft crash with a foreign minister of another country. So, Professor Wolfers, if you are indeed listening to this, or if any of your descendants are listening to this, I know very little about your life, but I want to know more because that is a fascinating story to be able to tell people. That being said, it's now time to turn to another amazing song by another amazing artist, and that is Krista Berg. Now, I originally thought that Krista Berg was a bit of a one-hit wonder, but even though he started out as an art rock performer before turning into more poppy rock material, he's actually had several top 40 hits in the UK and two in the US, believe it or not. One of them actually is not this song, funnily enough. He sold over 45 million albums worldwide, and a song from 1986, which I won't spoil, reached number one in several countries. That being said, certainly my favourite song of his is Don't Pay the Ferryman from the album The Getaway. It's become a standard art rock classic and has become one of Krista Berg's most frequently played songs on radio despite not even reaching the top 40 on the original UK release. It did make the top five here in Australia and spent 25 weeks in the top 100, but did not crack the did not even crack into the top 40 on the UK charts and didn't crack the top 30 in the US Billboard Hot 100. That being said, I really do enjoy the song. I like the message and the links to, I guess, legends and lore of old mythologies. So Don't Pay the Ferryman by Krista Berg is coming up next on Way Back When, episode 14. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. He heard a wild dog howl No 
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 14, and you just heard Don't Pay the Ferryman by Chris DeBerg. Well, coming up next is the first of three final Australian tracks that I'm going to play on the show tonight. Yes, the last three tracks are all Australian because they are all exceptional, although I do want to give a little bit of a warning for people who may be a little bit sensitive to the subject of war. This next song may be distressing to some of you. It is a very, very heavy song and a very, very powerful song. So, it was recorded and released by the Australian folk group Red Gum, who release a lot of political music. In fact, it shouldn't come as any surprise then that their biggest hit was such a politically heavy message. It was released in 1983 as a pure single. It hit number one on the Australian charts, which shouldn't really be a surprise. It is a first-person account of a typical Australian soldier's experience in the Vietnam War, from training to combat to PTSD and potentially the Agent Orange effects that he would have in his later life. It's called I Was Only 19, otherwise known as Only 19, or A Walk in the Light Green. Definitely the most widely recognized song by Red Gum, definitely the most popular, and definitely the most successful. The lead vocalist and guitarist John Schumann wrote the song based on experiences that he heard from veterans themselves, particularly his brother-in-law, and he said that the power derives from the detail of the song and credits Mick Storen, the his brother-in-law, who was brave and trusting enough to share his story with him. That is a direct quote from the man. I think it's a very powerful song, and I do again want to stress this song may be distressing for some people. It is quite a really heavy song. It doesn't skirt away from the effects that... I guess the combat of the Vietnam War and the disillusionment that the troops faced, it's powerful. But it is still a very, very good Australian song, and I really did want to include it tonight. In fact, it's become so strong and so so cemented in Australian pop culture that it was actually included at the 40th year commemoration at the Battle of Long Tan in 2006, which is just wonderful. So, by Red Gum, I Was Only 19, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 14, looking at the best music from 1983. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Mum and Dad and Denny saw the passing out parade at Puckapunyal a long march from cadets The 6th Battalion was the next to tour And it was me who drew the card We did Canungra and Shoalwater before we left And Townsville lined the footpaths As we marched down to the quay This clipping from the paper Shows us young and strong and clean And there's me in me slouch hat with me SLR and greens God help me I was only 19 From Bungtow riding Chinooks To the dust at Newey Dad I'd been in and out of choppers now for months And we made our tents a home VB and pinups on the lockers and an Asian orange sunset through the scrub And can you tell me, doctor, why I still can't get to sleep? And night time's just a jungle dark and a barking M16 And what's this rash that comes and goes? Can you tell me what it means? God help me I was only 19 Operation 
And each step could mean your last one on two legs It was a war within yourself But you wouldn't let your mates down Till they had you dusted off So you closed your eyes and thought about something else And then someone yelled out contact And the bloke behind me swore We hooked in there for hours Then it got almighty roar Frankie kicked a mine the day that mankind kicked the moon. God help me. He was going home in June. I can still see Frankie. Drinking tinnies in the Grand Hotel On a 36-hour wreck leaving Bung Town And I can still hear Frankie Lying screaming in the jungle Till the morphine came and killed the bloody row And the Anzac legends didn't mention Mud and blood and tears And the stories that my father told me Never seemed quite real I caught some pieces in my back that I didn't even feel God help me I was only 19 And can you tell me, Doctor, why I still can't get to sleep? And why the Channel 7 chopper chills me to my feet? And what's this rash that comes and goes? Can you tell me what it means? God help me I was only 19 That was the powerful protest song against the Vietnam War, I Was Only 19 by Redgum. This is Way Back When, episode 14, and we're almost at the end of the show. We have two more songs to play. The first one is the breakthrough song from the breakthrough album from the Australian rock band Midnight Oil. Many Australians will know that Midnight Oil is fronted by Peter Garrett, who used to be the Minister for the Environment. That is typical Australian culture right there. The song Power and the Passion comes from the second, uh, comes from the 1992 album, excuse me, that is 10987654321. That is, in fact, what it is called. The album would chart at number three. Power and the Passion would chart at number eight. I don't want to talk too, too much about Midnight Oil tonight because I am going to talk about them in greater detail in the upcoming years when they release an even bigger song than Power of the Passion. Power and the Passion, excuse me. No prizes for guessing what that is. But if you haven't heard of the band, you are in for a treat. So I won't talk about them too much, except I will say they have lent their support and their, I guess, uh, they have lent their compassion to a lot of left-wing ideas and causes. They are very much a band who are fall to the left-hand side of politics. So that being said, this song is a little bit uh, not... This is less uh, evident in this song than some of their later work, and I'm not criticising them for this, and I do still think this song is incredible, but their political message cannot be ignored with the song that you will hear in a few weeks' time. 
That being said, I know I haven't talked about them too much, but Power and the Passion is coming up next from Australian group Midnight Oil from their breakthrough album. This is Way Back When, episode 14, and you're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
You just heard Power and the Passion by Midnight Oil. This is way back when, episode 14, and we have come to the end of the show. I only have one more song to play for you tonight, but it is definitely a fantastic song to end the show with. As always, I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. I hope that you have a fantastic week coming up. And please, please join me next week at the same time, 7pm on Saturday, to countdown, or not really countdown, but more examine the best music from 1984. That being said, I have picked this song that I'm going to play next as the show closes over say some of the more popular or successful songs because I am not a patriotic person per se I think that nationalistic pride is very dangerous and something that you shouldn't I guess display or shouldn't fall into too easily but one thing that I do love about Australia and one thing that I do love about my country is its natural beauty Australia has some of the most beautiful views and beautiful natural attractions that I have ever had the pleasure of seeing, either in print, online, or even in person. We have some of the best mountains, some of the best gorges. We have beautiful indigenous culture in this country. We have some of the best ever, anywhere, environmental attractions. And what we have done to this country, from an environmental standpoint, we have done this great country a disservice. And there is no easy way to say that. And I do not mean to come across as overly preachy, but I do love this country mainly because ignoring patriotism, ignoring nationalism, because there is a lot of things this country could do better, and there is a lot of things we as a society could do in this country to be a lot better, but this country itself is beautiful. It is one of the best places on earth as far as I'm concerned. I think we are incredibly blessed to live in such a beautiful country. And on the basis of that, as I try not to get too emotional, well, I think about the natural beauty of this country and what has been done to it. I'd like to play you a song by Ice House to close out the show tonight. Ice House are an Australian rock band that will appear later on in this show's run. They have had a string of successful hits, including their biggest hit from 1987. But in 1982 and charting in 1983, they would release a wonderful, wonderful anthem to Australia, Great Southern Land, from their album Primitive Man. And I would love to play that for you now to close out the show. As always, stay safe out there, everyone. Stay healthy, stay happy, wash your hands, and I'll see you next week. But to play me out and to end this episode of Way Back When, I present to you Great Southern Land by Ice House, my way of sending a little love letter to the amazing country that we are lucky enough to live in. Have a good night, folks. Please stay safe out there, and I'll speak with you again next week. <laughs>